This show is brought to you by Made by Super. Hiring a design studio is more necessary than you think. Your brand is important, and how it's represented shouldn't be phoned in. Whether it's your logo, website, messaging, online ads, environment, graphic design, or social media, you need professionals, thinkers, advocates for your brand, people that will make you look good. It will make a difference. Trust me. Go to madebysuper.com and hire great designers to get to work for you on your brand. Also brought to you by Age Old Trade Design, LA's premier hospitality design firm. Welcome to Acting Real with Kat Foster, where I talk with talented, seasoned professional actors about how they use what they've learned from acting in their real everyday lives. Today, we talk to actor and director Mark Paul Gossler. You likely recognize Mark Paul as Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell, or as Detective John Clark in NYPD Blue, or as Peter Bash in the TBS comedy Franklin and Bash. More recently, he starred in the series Pitch, and currently he stars in The Passage, which you can see Monday nights on Fox. Enjoy. It is a skeleton, and you have to discover where the bones go. What I need for my life, I am drawn to create the play. You must use the play. You must use it. Hi, Mark Cat Foster. Is there something that you want to talk about? Oh my God, you have a big bruise. I do have a big bruise. I have big bruise and stitches and all kinds of stuff. Oh, this is from your stuff. shoulder surgery. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I operated it myself. <laughs> but I, do, I don't do tattoos. I don't see the stitches, but. You don't see the stitches. I took no, them out. I, don't see them. I took them out on Friday. Wow, God, you're very. There's like talented. all kinds of oh, man. fun little things. I'm so sorry about yeah. that. Getting um, old, cat. Yeah, that's we, what it is. We all we all are. Amazing. I had the same surgery on my left shoulder in 2016. Oh my gosh! So now it's my right shoulder, and then I will have, I'll be like the Bionic Man. I'll be. Do you have metal in there? I have metal in there. Whoa. I don't know if they're metal. There's cables. I don't know what the cables are made of. Um, does it bum you out to have surgery? Yeah, yeah, because I'm super active, and I have four kids, and I can't take days off. How so. old's your youngest? She will be four in two weeks. Yeah, so you're like lifting her up and down and all of the things, eh, but you can't. They're okay. I mean, they're 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 fine. They're uh, mobile. They're but mobile. Yeah, for like sure. Like I can tell them, you know, to to walk. Right. Sure. They 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 started walking a few months ago. <laughs> but you can't necessarily when Wasn't your shoulders. Wasn't there a thing are... about like uh, someone was shaming Aston, Ashton Kutcher about his kid not walking or something? What? Yeah, there was something about that. I, think, I don't I think know. it was like Ellen DeGeneres. Really? And him or neighbors. I'm making this up. And Ellen way. DeGeneres shamed well, Ashton for, Kutcher. For something for... she's like, the kid can't walk because he's always picking him up or something like that. And I thought that's that such sounds a like it had to be a joke. And maybe right? it was. And I'm totally making this up. I just, <laughs> I just, I just be throwing two people um, under the no, bus. No, it's fascinating. But I mean, no, my kids walk, so I'm, okay. I'm good that way. Yeah, okay, good. I taught them. Well, you taught them well. I'm done. Um, right. Well, so I guess we're done with this podcast. <laughs> Mark Paul's kids. No, I said I'm done with parenting. That's what I mean by that. If, no, if I've I taught know, them to walk, I'm done. Yeah. Um, so I welcome to the show. We're, you know, we're here to talk about acting, but not really to talk about acting. We're here to talk about, you know, how we use the stuff we know about acting in our, in our, in our real everyday lives. So part of the reason I asked you about your shoulder is because it's got to be a bummer to get surgery. And I wonder you know, like how you deal when you don't feel like a hundred percent. 
you know, like when well, you're I haven't sick felt 100%, or you have... um, I haven't felt a hundred percent physically for a while. I've been chasing my shoulders. When I did pitch was was a show that I did uh, two years ago for Fox. Mm -hmm. I played a major league baseball player and gained a lot of weight, which is fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And then every day we played baseball. So every day we're throwing and batting and and just being a baseball player. And um, I had a really hard time with my right shoulder, which is the shoulder that I just had surgery on. But I had a really hard time throwing. Um, and I've always had a problem with my right shoulder because of all my, my youth and being stupid, um, in my twenties. Um, but my left shoulder took a lot of, uh, abuse from the batting that we were doing. We were batting probably 300 cuts a day, which like 300 swings a day. And at the end of pitch, I had shoulder surgery on my left shoulder because I had torn so many tendons in there and my rotator cuff and all this stuff. So my right shoulder kind of got put on a shelf for a little bit got shoulder surgery on my left because it needed it yeah. uh, immediately. Um, and then I've been just been living with a really bad right shoulder. So when we filmed The Passage, which was last year, um, I had a... I had the a Passage signific- airing now on Fox, yeah, by the way. Yeah, there you go. Look at that plug. Um, <laughs> I had an injury uh, from a sport. I, I, I do jiu-jitsu, and uh-huh. there was a specific thing that I did that really hurt my shoulder on my right, and I got it checked, and I had an MRI, and I had... Uh, x-rays and the doctor said yes we need surgery Mm. and i couldn't because i was going into production for the passage so all throughout the the uh, production of the passage i really couldn't lift my right arm and this is a physical show oh it's a super it's one of the most physical shows i've ever done it was more physical than the baseball show so how do you like because i know (laughs) as an actor and i've done a bunch of stunts and physical stuff um especially in the last show that i was on um but i it's it's really hard to 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 like essentially pretend that your body is okay when it's not feeling okay. Yeah. Um, but, but we're called upon to do called on to do that all the time as actors. Like even if we're just, we have a flu, you know, and we yeah, have to I, show up. I don't think I've ever taken a day. I, I missed one day of work in 30 plus years of being an actor. So how do you, when you were, and that wasn't because I, there was a natural disaster happening and I think it was 2001. Right. Um, or 2002, it was a flood. But this my... is like really relatable. Like you're a dad of like a, a billion kids yeah. and you have a, a bad shoulder or two yeah. and you're, you have to still go to work. And so how do you, how do you like, um, center yourself, uh, in the way that you need to, to perform when you're called on to perform? Um, I don't know. I, I I think it just goes back to the work ethic that my parents, my immigrant parents instilled in me. I mean, my dad drove 50 plus miles to work every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to put food on the table, he worked two jobs at one point. And my mom held the house down and, mm. and, and they had no help. Mm. Um, but they just, you went to work. It's just what you did. And I just had that same mentality. It's like, When I'm on set, I'm here to work. I Mm -hmm. never complain about a call time. Mm -hmm. I never complain. I mean, I'm so lucky to do what we do, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I never, oh, I do. I got to be here at five in the morning. Like just to push you a little bit, because I love, I love um, that you have such an amazing work ethic, and I love that you can trace it back to your immigrant parents and those roots there. Um, But I also there's there's got to be something else that happens because. 
Well, you've worked a lot, by the way. We're but not internally, about, I complain. If, I, I'm not that's saying what that I'm I don't. Saying. I don't yeah. complain, right. right? But when the AD or the PA or whoever says your call time tomorrow is five, I'll go five. And I'll go, yeah, it's five a.m. I'm like, uh, all right. And I'll, and then you just like you get that you get that initial like thing out of the way. Yeah. And then you're just like, you know what? I'm being paid to be doing right. something that I would probably do for free. Right. Right. What the fuck am I complaining about? Totally. Like, just show up to work, man. Totally. And then when you're there. It's everything we always wanted to do. So right. what are we complaining about? So yeah, if I so, want a coffee, somebody brings me a coffee. If I'm hungry, somebody makes me a sandwich. <laughs> right. Somebody can dress me if I don't want to get dressed. I mean, come on, it's 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 a silly silly job. Right. Right. Okay, but just imagine though that there have been days where that gratitude doesn't come so easily oh, yeah. for you. It's there. Um, you know, like you you know, you're on your way to set and you're exhausted and maybe your kid is sick and maybe, yep. you know, your shoulders life hurting in, in life. Yep. Yep. Um, how do you like, and you, let's say also on that day, of course, um, some, there was a snafu and the schedule changed. So now you have a scene that you don't really oh, know yeah. very well yep. and you have to like walk in yep. and do that. I scene. had that on, Something on the passage. So, I mean, we just had, sure. I'm, I'm working with a child mm -hmm. and she's only there for nine hours a day. Mm -hmm. And it was like, by the way, they, they told me this 30 minutes before she's about to wrap. We're going to do a scene, a two-page two emotional scene. Yeah, that you've never even seen before. That I haven't seen. That's supposed to be on the, <laughs> it's on the schedule later in the week. So what did you do? How I did you tantrum. prepare? You did. I did. I threw did. a tantrum. To yourself or to people, to the PA? To both. To, the direct, to, to both. But I did it in a way that I just said, really, guys? I said, you couldn't give us a heads up. Like, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't give us a little bit more of a heads up than 30 minutes. Yeah. And then I thought of it and I asked my actor, um, Emmanuel Shariki, who is uh, my scene partner, I said, are, do, are you prepared? And she's because I said, if you're not prepared, I will go to bat for us and I'll say that we can't do it because it just it, it just won't be good. Right. Um, and maybe we can do something else if, if there's a smaller scene. Mm -hmm. And she says, I'm prepared. And I said, OK, well, let me look at the scene. So I looked at it and I, and I was like, oh, shit, mm -hmm. I think I can do it. I said, would you be comfortable if we started on your side? Mm -hmm. So then I was trying to make it work because right. I'm thinking. If we don't get this scene tonight, it's going to be pushed possibly on the schedule. So then I started like thinking more like a manager. Sure. Like, okay, this could be a shit show at the end of the week. Right. And now they're giving us the time to do it today, but it's really not what I had expected. But maybe better to just Might get be it out of the way. Might be better to get it out of the way. Does it help production? And is it going to help people? And mm -hmm. I see they're in a jam. And I just talked with the director and I said, look, you got to give me some time. I... I as an actor, it's probably one of the worst things. I have nightmares about it where I don't know my lines. Yeah. And you don't know. Because it feels terrible when it, you don't know your it's lines. It's terrible. All actors I feel like I'm letting every, everybody down. Right. The whole crew and, and everything. I feel like I'm, I haven't done my job. Right. And I said, you know, you got to give me some time to kind of find it. And he goes, no, we'll work it out. You know, and he's like, look, you can pull the plug. He goes, we don't have to do it. Mm hmm and I just worked it through my head. I've got that emotional, the the, the part of me that didn't want to do it out first. Mm -hmm. And then you just kind of talk yourself into it. Wait, I gotta, I just have to point out though that, you know, the director says we can pull the plug, but what that means. I know. And you know that sending, too. Well, that's what I right. want to clarify for our listeners. That means sending 100, 200 people home for the night and maybe screwing up the schedule. Like that's money is riding on this, right? Like yeah. we have a certain number of hours to right. shoot something. 
Um, if we don't use up those hours, I mean, people are, it's a waste of cash and resources and. And that goes through my head and I'm, I'm aware of that. So it's uh, not just so simple. Like the director says, look, we can pull the plug. That was a nice thing for the director to say. And we could pull the plug. Right. I could have pulled the plug. Right. I'm number one on the call sheet. Right. I could say, you know what guys, fuck off. I'm not doing it. The stakes are really high. And, and, but then I weigh the stakes, right? So are the stakes higher for me? Are the stakes higher for their production? Mm -hmm. They seemed about equal at that Mm -hmm. point. I thought, okay, let me. Let me see what I can do and try to make it work. And so then what's your process on the inside when you're then, so so you just you decide, you think you're going to try and make it work. You go into your trailer, you start looking at your lines. Yeah. Um, and and what are you doing like um, internally? What are what are you saying to yourself, you know, to, to reassure yourself that, like, look, because as an actor, you can't just muscle it. If you, if you try and force those emotions... Right. If you try and play at something, it's probably not going to be very good. So how do you... Right. But it's not... It wasn't our first day on the set. Okay. So you feel comfortable with the character. Mm-hmm. So you start knowing instincts that would come naturally to mm-hmm. the character. And the emotions that are sort of embedded in the scene, you, you sort of are able to to um, pull out uh, a little easier, you know, because we've been living with the character for a while. Um, so you were able to trust in I your experience. I was able experience. to trust what was what was what needed to be done on the page mm-hmm. and if i didn't say the lines perfectly and that's my thing is that i i'm a perfectionist mm-hmm. and i need to say the lines exactly the way they're written mm-hmm. um it goes back to me working with steven bochco too who would not and david milch who would not allow you to change one word wow. mm-hmm. on the page um but for for something like that i i gave myself you know for that specific um uh scene i said you know care less about the lines as long as the emotion is right mm. uh the lines will sort of mm-hmm. back up mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. the scene for me but and how'd it go i thought it turned out good did you um, feel did you leave the experience wishing that you had had another day with it or did you leave feeling like you know what i'm glad that we did it you know how way. it is when we're on a show and you're 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 doing nine pages a day mm-hmm. and the next day you have to prepare for another nine days right, and you have to right. sort of purge yourself and move on you may have like walked out the set thinking, "Shit, I wish I had another day with this." But truthfully, you're on to the next day, right? Right? And you're, right? You're keeping your head down and and trying to stay afloat. The reason I ask that is because you know, I think like one thing that is very human is a, a feeling of disappointment. You know, mm-hmm. like when we we all sometimes leave experiences that feel like their experiences or or moments that you know we wanted to rise to this an occasion and maybe we didn't rise to the top you know like it's not always like uh you know happily ever after sometimes we leave things wishing that we had done something differently um and so how do you how do you cope with that conversely how many times have we thought oh my god what a beautiful scene we just shot and then when it airs we're like, yeah. what oh, take man. was that? Yeah. Like, that wasn't the take that I <laughs> Yeah, remembered. exactly. So you're sitting in the screening at UTA or wherever, and you're watching the thing roll, and you, you know, and you're like, to yourself, they picked uh, that take? Yeah, exactly. That was like one of the first ones where I was like, I wasn't even in character. Right. Really. And so how do you, how do you <clears> deal <throat> with that? How do you deal? What, are, what, are, what do you say to yourself? At a certain point, you remove yourself. You have to remove mm. yourself from, I mean... Unless you're at the stage in your career where you're an executive producer on it, I mm-hmm. guess, and you can sit there and, and dictate which takes they're going to star. Mm-hmm. And in the editing room, which ones they're going to put together. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how you 
I guess you can protect yourself in that way. But for the most part, as where I am in my my career, I'm not at that point yet where I'm. So, I don't know. If so I'm, you just might say to yourself, "Oh man, they chose that take, and I'm bummed about that." But yeah. like, what whatever, the show's still good. There's nothing. And and truthfully, the audience. Well, no, won't know. No one will know that. No they, one will that, notice the little nuances that you thought. Yeah. You you know. Yeah. Were so important. Yeah. Now, do you feel? What about so disappointment? Feels like maybe it's not your thing. What about like shame? Do you ever feel shame about about something? You know. No, I, and I do feel disappointment. I mean, I I'll watch an episode, um, and it'll it'll make me think for a few days of like, ah, oh, we could have done that better. Mm. The script could have been better. I could have been better could have been shot better, mm -hmm. visually better. I mean, there's certain things, you know, that you just, there's certain episodes that I just, I'm not happy with. I'm interested in how do you process disappointment and then the next day <laughs> walk onto set again and... Well, that's the thing. We, we I mean, when you're on set, it's different because un unless, for instance, I've been on shows which are airing at the same time you're still shooting, mm -hmm. and that's always the worst. Mm. Right, because you are looking at numbers and you're wondering if you're going to get picked up and how the audience is tracking it and all this mm -hmm. stuff. And then you go on to set, and if it's a success, it's great on set. The crew's mm -hmm. happy, the actors are happy. But if you're struggling in the ratings and it's a, sort mm -hmm. of a sinking ship, mm -hmm. which I've been on as well, mm -hmm. when you come to the set the next day, you feel it, and it's mm -hmm. hard to get the energy up for people to get involved mm -hmm. and care. And so then as someone who's been the number one, a bunch how do you how do you take how do you sort of take responsibility for the the mood on set how do you how do you change that well, it's, a, it's a good circle back to what we were talking about with the shoulder yeah go to work we're here we're paid to go to work yeah we're here doing a job all of us are doing something on mm -hmm. the set all mm -hmm. of us have a family that they want to get back to mm -hmm. or some place they want to get back to mm -hmm. and we're a team and it's a collaboration and let's put our heads down and try to create, mm. you know, can, mm. and, and just remember we're doing something we really want to do. Mm -hmm. And in like a really specific way, like how do you, how do you, how do you rally that team? Like, I mean, you know, when you see the hair and makeup people, which is maybe, maybe let's say they're the second people you see that day or um, when you go to crafty or whatever, like wh wh how, how do, how, how do you, um, how do you give people that sort of compassion without saying, Hey man, you have a family. I have respect for you. Like, is it just an energetic thing? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I worked with, um, the, the, the guy that I probably learned the most from was Dennis Franz when mm -hmm. I worked with him on NYPD blue. Mm -hmm. So played his partner for four years. Mm -hmm. And before I got there, they had done nine seasons. He was nominated for an Emmy nine times. I think he won four or five times. Yeah. Uh, which brings me to the point of even at that point, he still cared deeply every single day. Mm -hmm. Every single day he came prepared. Every single day he came singing out of his trailer ABBA songs mm -hmm. and uh, was just a giving actor um, and positive. Not in, the, not in the fake way of like, Oh, you know, I'm I'm really depressed, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna put on a, a good face here. He was mm -hmm. just he was just genuine and mm -hmm. real. And there were days where you know he was kind of down, but still, it was like we're here to create. We're here to to work and and you know let's enjoy each other. Mm -hmm. um, but he knew he was just always prepared, and I thought that's what mm -hmm. I want to be. I want to mm -hmm. be that guy that mm -hmm. everyone you know just looks to and doesn't 
I, I'm I'm certainly not the most positive person. Far from it. I'm I'm a glass half full kind of glass kind of guy. Uh-huh. Anyone who knows me is like they would know that I'm sort of standoffish and Wait, whatever. do you mean you're glass half empty? Glass half empty. What yeah. did I say? You said glass half full. Oh, I said well, that's, an oh, that's an interesting Freudian slip. Thing, yeah. <laughs> um, glass half empty. Glass half empty. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but when it comes to work, mm-hmm. that's when I'm like. Quit bitching. Let's get this okay, done. Okay, so all right. So then let's let's leave work for a second, right? Let's like you're at your home, you're at your house, yeah. right? Or you know, you just found out you need to get another shoulder surgery or yeah. whatever's happening. And you're you're glass half emptying all over the place. Or glass half full, depending on how you look at it, if you flip it upside down. Well, so right. Kind of exactly. Anyway. Isn't that an interesting little mm-hmm. non non dual <laughs> moment? Um so, but let's say you're you're on the empty side of things, yes. Um, and you're you're wanting, right? So glass half empty, you're wanting because mm-hmm. you you want the other wanting. half, right? And glass half full, you feel like you pretty you have it. So so when you're wanting, how do you what do you do when you're wanting? What do you do with your wanting? Uh, my wife would probably say I'm walking around being grumpy. <laughs> I mean, I really am. I, it's it's a hard it's a tough business we're in, right? Because I feel like for us control is something that's not always there. We're not in control of getting our jobs or getting the jobs that we want or uh, why we get jobs or much of anything, really. Mm-hmm. Really not in control a lot mm-hmm. of the times, and that's hard. I'm not in control like, whether or not my show goes for a second season. I mean, most people, I mean, pretty much all humans, we don't have much control. No, but this business is, is very... We go through it. We go through... Professionally. Yeah. It's it's a it's a grind. But I mean. arguably, uh, we we all have little... I mean, you know, f- f- the factory closes down. The law firm gets sued and closes down. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know. Someone else gets promoted. We thought we were that was our job. I mean, in all walks of life... But you know that this business also, as as, as you know... Getting a job has nothing to do with how good you are or the fact not. that you're talented or that you have a degree or that you worked with uh, this great law firm. Mm-hmm. And so now they would welcome you with open arms because you worked with that. Right. Oh my it's God. not it's not linear. It's not linear. In I way. mean, in, in our in our job, you could get a job because uh, they couldn't make the, the contract work. They, so what do you, they, why do you do this still? Good question. Well, here's I my question. I, I, I mean, I really like what we do. Yeah. But I have so many times said internally and and externally. There was a point about two, three years ago that I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm yeah. going to go back to school. <laughs> I want to pass the bar. Yeah. I want to go into law. Everyone who has after sat, Franklin and Bash. Everyone I mean, who sat in that chair, every single person has had a moment yeah. where they're like, I've had I'm a, done. Almost so every, many every moments. Year. Yeah, I mean, sure. Like every every freaking show that was canceled. Was sure, like, sure. This is it. I'm so so that's disappointment, right? Like the first thing that happens when a significant disappointment occurs in our lives is, I mean, not for all of us, but some of us, I do it too. We're just like, fuck this. I'm over it. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, and it's a shitty business too. From in, in this, in the, in the, uh, in, in the sense that you can't ever. I feel like I can never get as excited as I should be. Sure, because you, know? you never know what can happen. You know, you're like, always worried of. At least I am. I'm always worried that it's going to be taken away from me. Yeah. So how do you? So right. So but you, that's you also get a pilot. so relatable. Like you go to pilot season, right? And you find a pilot that you that you really like. And right. You, you read your ass off, and mm-hmm. you get it. Mm-hmm. Can't get too excited. 
Yeah. Because now you got to shoot the pilot and it's got to get picked up. So sure. then it gets picked up and you're like, well, can't get too excited because I want to see what night it's going to be on and who we're going to be up against and how many episodes we're going to get. And right. is it going to be mid-season or fall? And then it goes on fall. Well, can't get too excited because now we have to, you know, now we're going to war yeah. and you're going to the ratings game and now, you know, can't get too excited. got to wait for the second season. There's now, always these can't. Right. But then I hate that just to, the just to dig in a little bit, like there is another way that is available, which is I'm going to get so excited and then my heart might be broken. I'm just going to let mm. myself get 100% excited and I'm not going to brace myself for Well, that's the, a glass half heart. full person. That is a, br- a glass half full person. Yeah. <laughs> so have you ever aspired to be a glass half full person? No, because I, I feel like that's a phony person. That's oh, how I feel. Interesting. I, feel, I feel like that, you know what I mean? That, that goes to the sense of being positive, just be positive. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. oh my God, this is amazing. And it's like, stop. Well, but like, some people might I, actually. Some people are like that, great. It's yeah. like, you know, I don't, I don't. When I meet those people, I I tend not to. Here's the thing. It's like a magnet. I I kind of like, I, I like a reverse magnet. Yeah. In truth, I think that we're all a little bit of both. I'm sure. I mean, look, I worked with you. I know you've had some really glass half full moments. Like you're, I I mean, I've seen you get excited about things. On on set. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. But I know that if you get excited on set, there's things that you get excited about and. In life, I mean. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, uh, yeah, there's absolutely moments that I'm excited about. I'm excited about, you know, when my kids, uh, my my daughter was the star of a play yeah. uh, at school, or my yeah. my daughter came home yesterday with like, you know, this Valentine's Day. I mean, those are exciting moments. Yeah, and then do you? But is those there... are different than what we what we do. Sure, but then so is there a way that you ever try to like centralize those feelings, those glass half full feelings? Um, do they, you know? Because because I kind of I believe that like we can intend to have a certain perspective and that then if we practice, we can maintain that perspective for longer than we did when we started practicing. Um, Do you ever work on that? I mean, is that something that you aspire toward? Are you are you stoked being a glass half empty person or you are? Yeah, you're in it. Yeah, I'm fine. Okay, great. I love that. I, I, I do meditate and I do... So why um, do you meditate? Why do I meditate? Yeah. Because it, it, I still need to be able to focus. Uh-huh. I still need to be able to, to take things that are orbiting mm-hmm. and make sure that they're in a, uh, uh, a pattern that I can utilize. Right. Right. So that that's why I meditate. It's but part of your work ethic. I, I, uh, I, I'm developing a show right now. Um, with Alon Gale, who was uh, an executive producer on the Bachelor franchise, the Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor mm-hmm. in Paradise. He was an executive producer for eight years, young guy, and uh, he wrote a book that's called You're Not That Great, But mm-hmm. Neither Is Anyone Else. <laughs> Great, I love and it. And it's the exact opposite of a self-help book. Mm-hmm. Basically saying, like, happiness is is like is shit. Mm-hmm. From, from rage, from mm-hmm. fear, you create mm-hmm. and really good things come from when you're at your lowest is that your experience i felt that when my back is up against the wall yeah some really good things have happened and when i get complacent and i feel like i'm happy mm. or i'm doing air quotes on a podcast mm-hmm, mm-hmm. bunny ears but when i'm happy that i, I tend to live, like my life just kind of just goes and yeah, I'm not really ha- happiness, aware happiness feels a little bit uh 
like happiness feels light. I'm more interested in like satisfaction, contentment, joy, like a state of being that really um, that doesn't necessarily feel heavy. Now, by the way, I, I'm not I'm not saying that one state of being I'm like I'm with your boy. <laughs> I'm with your boy who wrote the book. Yeah. Like there's not, it's not that there's one state of being that's better or worse, right? right. It's whatever works for you. It's whatever but, works for you. Well, it's comfort. I mean, yeah, yeah it's, I, I guess it's whatever works for you. And, and as you said, you know, your, your work ethic is really strong. It sounds like one of your main values is to create and, and make stuff. Um, maybe because that's how you were raised. Um, so yeah. So maybe for you, this sort of quote unquote glass half empty perspective or feeling is really uh really stokes your fires maybe i don't know what else do you do other than meditate and by the way do you do transcendental meditation or do you do mindfulness or mindfulness mindfulness do you listen to is it guided or is it yeah it's sometimes guided i mean but for for the most part it's just you know um breath you Mm -hmm. know just just being aware of my presence, you know, that kind of thing. I'm new to it. Mm-hmm. I started it when I was young. I, I started it when I was 13. I, I, I did a movie with Alan Arkin and mm-hmm. he got me into uh, meditating and and that. And I, I used it while I was doing Saved by the Bell. And then I got away from it, got back into it, away from it. And now the last year I've been back into it. What brought it back into your life in the last year? Just a feeling of... Uh, things spiraling and not being able to to grasp them and and use them like there were just too many things in my life going on Mm. a lot of kids Mm -hmm. a lot of responsibilities Mm -hmm. um a lot of creating things now um and just being able to to center myself so that's that's a hard thing when when things feel like they're spiraling and there's so many responsibilities it's a hard thing to say I'm going to sit still and do nothing and just breathe. <laughs> like, But you can do it. Any, like, yeah. I, I do it anywhere. Sure. I, I do it on my drive or well, not when I'm driving. Sure. Um, but uh, when I'm, if, if I get the luxury of being driven, I'll do that. Or, you know, sitting at home for a second uh, in my office, you know, for and, six minutes. And how minutes. do you feel after you meditate? Um, calmer, mm. you know, calmer mm. and, and more aware and. And uh, I think that's more more why I do it, just to feel more aware, mm. just to understand, put things in perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Put things in perspective like, oh, maybe the million things I have to do really aren't that big a deal. Oh, they're a big deal. <laughs> just not at three in the morning. Right. You know, it's like that's that's another thing that I have a, 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 a thing with is waking up and going, you know, having a panic attack about something that i can't control at three in the morning yeah 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 mindfulness meditation really helps with that it helps me a lot too i'm i have a baby tiny tiny baby (laughs) right now she's really old i do she's um she's six months oh my god she's right upstairs with oh my god yeah yeah congratulations Um, thank you i didn't know you had a baby yeah yeah, that's great yeah so huh girl yeah girl wow yeah yeah, um, she uh, she's the most amazing thing ever. But she's there's always like you know there's like always like some kind of sleep regression or teething or like there's always something that's happening, and um, so I'm very familiar with the you know 3 a.m. awake uh, and mindfulness meditation specifically. I, I'm a fan of TM. I do a lot of transcendental meditation, but um, 
for years I've done TM, but recently I've sort of dabbled in this mindfulness thing and that's really helped me go back to sleep at like, you know, three mm-hmm. in the morning. Um, I mean, I find that that these tools like meditation um, and maybe you have some other tools, you know, I think working out exercise is a yeah. tool. I, I find that all of these things for me enable me to be more on the glass half full. Like the, the more, the more things I do like meditation and working out and, you know, even journaling or um, uh, the more I feel like, oh, the, I have a million things to do and my show didn't get picked up or whatever the thing is, but also like it's okay. There's like a, a sense of the fundamental sense of okayness that I feel is more accessible to me when I meditate or when I work out regularly or when I journal or when I so really when I reflect. And do you find that? No. <laughs> no. God, you're so funny. No, I, I, I had no because idea. I, I just feel like I've 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 grown up in this industry, right? Yeah. So I've I have had to be responsible for a lot of years. Yeah. And I feel a responsibility for the people in my life. Yeah. And so I'm constantly grinding. Yeah, constantly I know. It feels there. like that. And I just feel, you know, and I'm fine with it. That's Are you? what yeah, I really am. Because yeah. that's what I feel is my purpose Mm -hmm. i don't know if it's my purpose in life i don't want to get that deep but it's my purpose it's what i want to be doing with my life right now Mm -hmm. and i'm happy doing it Mm -hmm. and um i i love providing Mm -hmm. and it's yeah i just like at at no point do i feel like i think i'm gonna just take a break from this no of course not but also i can't like I, i just couldn't i don't have a net i don't have you know, I can't call up my parents. I can't mm-hmm. call up a brother or a sister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, oops, I missed a payment. You know, yeah, my kids need to go to school. I, I just yeah. I don't have that. I don't have a friend that I could call. Right, right, um, right. It all rides on my wife and I to. It's scary. That's scary. Right? It is, but I've been in that position for most of my life. Right. So most you're kind of used to it. I'm I'm used to it. Even when I was doing Say by the Bell, I was like. You know, my mom was a single parent. I was providing a little bit for, or a lot for them, depending on how you look at it, glass mm-hmm. half empty. Half sure, sure. Um, but it was, yeah, I prov- I've always provided. And, and so I'm still at that point in my life where I don't feel comfortable taking a break or um, being full throttle. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I just keep going. But you know, you've had like an amazing run. I mean, you've been working professionally as an actor. Yeah, I mean, but I, honestly, I haven't had uh I haven't had a hit show in a while. Yeah, okay. Think about that. Yeah, but so what does I a hit had, show mean to a you? A hit show would be uh like NYPD Blue. Mm-hmm. Did 4 years of that, 22 episodes a year. Mm-hmm. To me, 4 years, 22 a year. That's that's you're you're having a good income. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you can take a break because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you're working nine months out of the year. Uh, you can take a break. And what do you do on a break? Travel. But do you travel now? Mm, yeah, we do. We we kind of do for the kids, and mm-hmm. I mean, actually for us, my wife likes to travel. I guess yeah. what I'm getting at is like how different, like on a day to day, how different is your life actually when you have four seasons of a show? And when you just have one season, 
uh, there's a there's a lot less worrying on a four on a four season you know. Is there episode. though? Because yeah, for me there is. But 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 like okay. Because you're doing something you you really like. Right, but then but after year. one season of that show, maybe you thought like I mean, did you have a contract for four seasons? Uh, when I did NYPD Blue. Yeah. No. I don't think so. So you could have been let go after every year that you did that show. I mean, I'm sure, you know. Possibly, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. Well, that could happen now. I guess the, the, the case that I'm making is that those of us who worry, worry, no matter what the, right. the circumstances sure, are. Sure, and sure. those of us who don't worry tend to not really worry. Right. So, I mean, for me, and by the way, I really, really, really relate with you. I completely. But would you want to change the fact that you worry? Like, would yes, you, fuck yes. Oh, oh, yeah, I definitely want to change. I don't want to be a worrier my whole life. I mean, I find it very, I find it to be a Do very difficult. Do you think there will ever be a point where you don't worry? Um, No, I don't think that there will be a point at which I don't worry. But I do think there will be a point because I know there are already have been so many points where my worry has diminished. Um. When but do you the, then worry about something else yes, more? Yes, I could worry about everything, every second so of every you, fucking day. Like, let's say you weren't worried about money. Yeah, okay. And you have enough money. Okay. Would you then worry yeah. about I would worry else? about some other kind of right. status thing or something else on the outside. There's always... Because so you're, you're a worrier. Yeah, because I'm a worrier yeah, like you. But I'm this so, is right. why. This is why, like, I'm so glad yeah, we're having okay this conversation. Though, right? I mean, By the way, is it like, okay? But do you... Yes. You don't want to change... I do want to change it. You do want to change. Yeah, here's the thing. Okay. It's not that I think I won't worry, but I do think that my worry will mean less to me. Okay. So I will probably still worry about all of the same shit that I have always worried about. But I think the more practiced I get in not being a worrier, the more when I feel that worry, I get to go, yeah, here I am worrying again. Well, that's mindfulness, though. That is that is mindfulness, right? Which you do. <laughs> well, I'm trying. Yeah. Not, I don't know if I do, but I do try. But that you're right. That That's is mindfulness, and though. it's a wonderful thing right. to be able to say, like, I am different from my feelings. Right. I am different from my thoughts. My thoughts and my feelings they arise right. just like the fucking clouds float by. Right. But that's not changing. But why your... do you do it, Mark? If you're satisfied just to being deal with a the worry, just to deal with it, I guess, just to deal with with those emotions. Okay, how, but do, do you, you believe that there's a universe in which? Because I don't think it's healthy. Also, I don't think it's healthy to to. I can't be. Uh, I can't be selfish in that way, right? So I know that I can't walk around being grumpy all day. It's not fair to my kids. It's not fair to my wife. It's not fair to anyone, really. Mm -hmm. And it probably doesn't make me feel all that great. I mean, there's days where you just can't get out of your own way. Um, but I think the tool is to how to diminish it in some way. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's why I turned to my so you, So you would like to diminish your worry, not for yourself. Well, I'm not going to change myself. <laughs> but for your people around you. Sure. Because you're probably less grumpy. If I, yeah, I'm less grumpy. If, if I'm less grumpy, it's, it's a better environment for all. Well, that's like, I mean, that's a great purpose. Right. So you meditate. But I'm not going to change. I'm, I'm always going to be the worrier. I'm always going to be the, you know, the glass half empty guy. Yeah. I'm not going to change that. Like I, I see people that are glass half full. Mm -hmm. And do you ever look at them and go, God, I wish I could be like them. <laughs> because it's like I, I look at the, them going through life. And I'm like, that must be fun. You know what, though? 
I for actually, a day or something, you know, for for a a, a while, I guess. Yeah. I don't because I'm fine the way I am. I just I think because I live amongst people, you can't be. I can't be the you know the curmudgeonly grumpy dude all the time. It's dude, just not good. Here's the thing. You're fucking Mark Paul Gosler. You have like a but hit show. A you star in my house, on. I know, but gives a I know shit. no one gives a shit in your house. I but I'm just kids. gonna. But let me just tell you something. Let me just paint this picture for you, okay? And this is really. This has nothing to do with you not being grumpy. Because like, if you want to be grumpy, or fuck it, if you want to be a warrior, you know, which you are, which I am too, like, it's working for you, okay? Because you have worked continuously as an actor. You have four beautiful children, a beautiful wife, a beautiful home. You um, are highly sought after. You're doing a million, all the interviews. Like, you have a fucking killer life. And I, personally, Kat Foster, I really would like you <laughs> to know that and to stop fucking worrying. <laughs> I mean, I've never said anything like that to a guest, but I'm telling you this right now. Like my heart, I want to hug you because I don't want you to worry. How do, but you don't, but you don't mind worrying. So who am I to judge that, you know, worrying isn't a great thing for you, but you have a really stellar life, dude. I know. I, and I, I do. I know that. I really. And you that. have a lot of responsibility and you yes. came from immigrant parents Yes. and it's hard to be an yeah. actor. All of the things. Yeah. It's all of the things at once. Right. So I guess it's not that I want you to be either glass half full or glass half empty. I just want you to like fully inhabit your water. <laughs> I want you to be in your water glass because it's a really nice water glass. That's oh, a nice water glass. Yeah. yeah you no, no. have a nice I, water glass. And I realize glass. that. Yeah. But it's still not going to stop me from worrying. Yeah. It could all end tomorrow. Yeah, great. It could all end tomorrow. That's true. Yeah, worrying's like, you know, it's a fun pastime sometimes. Worrying is just being a realist in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just seeing the truth in front of you. It's like, if I didn't think it all could end tomorrow, I'd be an asshole. Mm. In my opinion, I would be. Like, I, I think that if I didn't realize how good I have it and that it could all go away tomorrow and I didn't care and I didn't have gratitude and I wasn't humble, then I'd be a big fucking turd (laughs) you know what i mean sure i mean and i think that that's one of the things that i'm so proud of is i haven't turned into that person yet i'm I'm still i drive my really nice car and every time i get in i'm like i'm in a really fucking nice car this is awesome i realize these things that's amazing i realize like i look at my backyard which we just uh remodeled and and part of it was the passage money Mm -hmm. and i look at that and i just go i have a pool yeah. I'm so happy. I'm like, this is amazing. My first pool in, in my lifetime that I've ever had. And I like, I earned that fucking pool. That's amazing. And I realize all those things. So, so I do realize those things. Yeah. It doesn't mean I don't worry. Sure, sure. So you're you're sometimes an optimist, sometimes a worrier, sometimes a pessimist. I'm right in the middle. That's why. I, that's maybe why I did that Freudian slip of saying glass half. Right, Because exactly. I feel like I'm right in That's I try to live my life right in the middle of everything, whether it's politics, whether it's... Um, you know, just, just generally in life. I like being in the middle of things. I like seeing both sides. And then it's kind of like a, a heartbeat. It goes up, it goes down, and depending on left, right, I mean, it just kind of goes when, however it works out. Right. Like, I'm like, I'm a Pisces. I'm, I'm March 1st of my birthday. I'm a Pisces. I go with the flow a little bit, mm-hmm. and I'll sometimes go to the left and the right, and mm-hmm. then, you know, mm-hmm. follow this person. Oh, that person. Pisces are very sensitive 
are very sensitive signs. I've heard. And also tend to be somewhat clairvoyant. I, really? That's not you. I, I know nothing. <laughs> so are you going to get a season two? <laughs> I have no, I have no idea. Yes, you are. No, you are. No, um, okay. So this has already been such a wonderfully satisfying conversation. Um, but I definitely need to ask you some more things. Go ahead. Um, so I love this idea of, you know, taking the middle way, uh, which is also, by the way, a tenet of Buddha, Buddhism. I don't know if you've studied Buddhism. No. They talk a lot about taking the middle way, um, you know, not not being tossed and blown by extremes. Um, and this, I think, is something that we could all do more of. Right. And in fact, the more conscious we become, the more expanded we become, I believe, um, the less extreme the the less our the less extremely our pendulum swings. Right. Between let's call it. The glass half full and the glass half empty. Since we're really riffing on this this yep. concept, um, um, and what you just described is that your pendulum can kind of like not necessarily swing all the way to one side or the other. That you can kind of like chill out in the middle sometimes. And I wonder how you uh, cultivate that. How you cultivate that practice? Do you have an awareness of that? Is that something that you do intentionally or is that something that you feel comes pretty easily for you? I think it comes pretty easily for me. I'm a, for, for me, I always find it super interesting to just sort of be in the middle because then I can see both sides and and appreciate both sides. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I definitely have an opinion, and my wife would say I have a strong opinion about certain things. Um, but I can still sort of step back and appreciate other angles. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I. And it's, it's interesting because I'm just thinking like I've been told that I see things in black and white though you know like you're you're so black and white there's no gray area with you, and I I that that's true about certain things but overall I feel very gray. Great. I don't know. I think gray is a great place to be. I think so too. But that it goes back to our points of being you know super excited mm -hmm. or excitable. Mm -hmm. um, about things and part of me wishes that I could. I wish that I could have the freedom to to sort of, you know, not walk the line. Mm. The line for me is the middle. So mm -hmm. sometimes I wish I could just not walk it. I wish I could just take a, a, a side or, or and I and I see people that have taken one side and I go, God, look at them. Like mm. they've really put it out there. Mm. And I I I sort of you know, tip the hat to that. There's a lot of tension in the middle, right? There's a lot of tension sometimes, like, you know. Uh, well, some would argue that there's less tension in the middle. Like, you'd have to make a, you know, you'd have to sure. have mm -hmm. some balls to go to the left or right. Sure, in, sure. In, 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 a, in a, you know, in society. What, is there, is there a time you can remember where, like, you did fully go to the left or the right? Not really. I've always, I've always been this way. My yeah. entire life, I was I was always you know I didn't I, I I said my parents are immigrants. My mother is Indonesian. Wow. And a lot of people have said, well, you haven't embraced your Asian uh, heritage. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, that's so weird. Like I I I guess I could have, but that would be taking a side. <laughs> and I never felt like I needed to take a side. I was just I was just a kid from the valley. How like did your parents trip out when you decided to be an actor? They made, well, they didn't make me, but they were part, they were part of the 
you know, part of the, uh, uh, the process. I mean, they, someone, a friend of my mother's was a mod, like a print model. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, your kid's cute. You should get him into modeling and I can help you get an agent. And then I think that was when I was four. And then I did print work for, you know, May Company and mm -hmm. JCPenney and things like that. And then from there it turned into doing commercials and then from there it turned into doing theatrical work. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, there, it was just, it was just a after school activity. So it was like fun for league. you. It was fun. It was and fun. then, so what is it now to get back to like why you do this? Uh, what is it? Well, it's a business. It's a business. It's a right. business. Mm -hmm. It's it a way for you to fulfill business. your responsibilities. But from the business, I can appreciate the creative that we do on set. Mm -hmm. And once we get there, I feel like that's all the work I've been doing is to get to that point mm. is to be on set and to create and to uh, work with actors and crew mm. and create and collaborate and so that's that's the part I really enjoy mm. I don't mm. know, know, necessarily know if I enjoy everything leading up to that mm -hmm. um, but once we get to do it mm -hmm. that's I mean, I always say we get paid. We, we don't get paid to do that. Mm -hmm. We get paid for all the other shit. Mm. Yeah, right, right, doing right. A podcast. Right, right, right. <laughs> to promote your show. Um, you, well, I, I don't, I don't I care about your show. You know that, right? I kid. I care about your heart. Yeah. <laughs> I care about but your no, heart. But no, I mean, it's it's soul. true. I mean, we, we fight so hard to do this, and then we complain when we're doing it. I mean, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I see actors doing that on set. I'm like, really? But so, but this is, but you know, like, I, I mean, to some degree, look, I mean, people in all, very successful people in all walks of life have this conversation all of the time. Like, fuck me for complaining like I have exactly what I want and yet sometimes the things that we want also come with a lot of stress and like all the yeah. things how do you open yourself up for those moments of blissful creating when you're on set like just like on a day you know let's where you're not feeling so hot what do you I mean I know I sort of was. I don't know I guess that just comes down to just in instinct or mm -hmm. it just it's something that I like freedom right yeah, but freedom also comes from your process and making sure that you're comfortable with the with the material mm -hmm. and you know where you know you have a a, a plan mm -hmm. going in mm -hmm. preparation. Yeah, so you have when you get to set, you're you're kind of free to do to just be there and 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 take in or or give out. Mm -hmm. um, you know. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. I don't, I don't know. I've been doing it for so long that I, I don't really think about it all that much. So you anymore. had like all I have this a weird, like... I have a weird way of working too. I, you, you'll rarely see me like um, uh, memorizing or uh, like, you know, a lot of actors will sit there and, and they've worked on it for days yeah. of stuff and, yeah and i i what do you do my, my wife barely sees me like working on stuff so what do you do um i i read a script once and i get i read a script and i just i like i like the journey for everyone mm -hmm. i'm not just my character i'll read everyone's character i'll make notes about other characters and, mm. and things like that and i just I, I like the overall tone of something and then I will read it again, just my stuff, and mm -hmm. just know where my character falls and, mm -hmm. and the emotions that are going to be uh, from scene to scene and whether it's tracking or not. And then I don't really worry about the lines. I just kind of worry about the lines 
maybe the night before I'll look at them before I go to sleep so they can sort of marinate. And then the next morning I'll kind of be in the chair and just, you know, as long as I feel I have the, the intent, the emotion mm. intact, then mm -hmm. the lines will sort of get there. And what about even when you were on like NYPD blue and the words were so had to be so specific, did you still same thing? Same thing. Same thing. Yeah. I think it, it with good writing, it's easier to gra uh, to retain. Yeah, for sure. You know, so it's it just the way that you speak, mm -hmm. um, even within, uh, uh, Franklin and Bash when we did that it's mm -hmm. like we had those long courtroom thing yeah. scenes we have uh, you know to, uh, to to all that lawyer speak yeah yeah know, it just it just comes to you if, if you know your character if you if you're in tune with yeah your character those it's that but it's also like you have to be like I feel like you, you have to be like flexible like in your body yeah. and your and you, know, you have to yeah. be breathing yeah. you have to be focused but that's that's a really good uh, adjective, flexible. Mm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Adjective? Yeah, flexible is an adjective. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why did I get out that? I was like, oh. I don't know. Because if you, but if you're flex. Well, you have to have flexibility. So I guess flex it can also be a noun in right. a way. Or right? a verb. Yeah, sure. You can. God, thank God we're actors. <laughs> um, but no, you do have to be flexible. I, I feel that that's a, that's a really good. That kind word. of buoyant, right? Like because the unexpected things happen all the time. All the time on set, right. and that's a thing too. Like sounds will come up, and I, I always, I always find it funny when an actor will go like, "Can, can you guys just be quiet?" Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, really? Yeah, because you have to just because in you life, have to work through the like, noise. there's shit going on. There's like right now, there's a police chase going on outside. We're yeah. still having the conversation. Yeah, yeah. But yet, when we're acting, like that would throw us off. Right. The helicopter. But, but this is really, I mean, this is like an important point because, um, you know, if we were more brittle in in our awareness right i'm saying brittle as opposed to flexible then it might be very hard to know that this other thing is happening and we can do this at the same time i mean we it could be very disintegrating where what we're doing is is has a lot of integrity where <laughs> we're 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 integrated in this moment because we're hearing we know that there's a a police chase outside uh mark paul actually saw <laughs> yeah, um, right. a car being chased yeah, by yeah. five like down the street from yeah. me um and uh and but and yet we're sitting here so there's something like whatever it is that we've exercised we're able to like have everything happening at the same time and still carry on this conversation Right, but isn't be, that what we're always trying to do as actors? Exactly. And I think... Is to make it look flexible? Right. And I think ideally we're doing that as people too. Right. Like I think this is a skill that everyone could really use in their lives. I mean, because there's so much going on at all times. And I'm not talking about multitasking. I'm actually talking... Do you talking, think that multitasking is, is doable? You know, Deepak Chopra, <laughs> he says... Um, he says the only thing we get worse at with practice is multitasking. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of true, mm -hmm. right? Um, so no, I don't actually, but I do think that we can practice having a million things going on at once and remaining integrated. Mindful. Mindful, right, right. So mindfulness is a we practice keep going for that. Back to the same thing, so. Here's what I want to ask you about. Um, and we have, or we're good. Are we good for... Two minutes. Great. Two yeah. minutes. I, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, the, so this is a big question for two minutes, but I think you can do it. It's all right. If um, we go over two minutes, I think we'll be okay. Okay. Do you feel, do you feel, 
so you have a presence on social media. Look, you've you've dealt with fame. I mean, look, you were on a big ass show when you were a young person. Yeah, thank God there was no social media back then. Yeah, God, oh my gosh, that would have been a would whole be different world. Um, so you why, so why do you say that you wouldn't be sitting here? Because it would I I I was able to still be a teenager and have a pretty normal, um, you know, adolescent mm-hmm. um, years, and yeah, didn't have to be so aware of what I was doing. I guess my question is, do you feel like Mark Paul Gossler? I mean, do you feel like you? And how do you know? What does that mean? Well, like, do I feel like? Yeah, like, do you feel like you're authentically you in in the world? Do you feel like people know who you are? I don't know. You don't I know? I never even thought of that. Do you care? No. Oh, great. <laughs> I mean, no. I guess I just wonder, like... I, I don't ever, like... Well, here's the thing. I, I I think I've once in my entire life said, do you know who I am? Mm. And it didn't go well. Sure. It probably was for like, I think it was for uh, a, a restaurant, you know, to try to get a fucking reservation in some hot yeah. place this was 20 years ago. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, you call up and you're like, oh, I, c- I can't get in. Really? Yeah. Do you, do you know, know who I am? Do you know who I am? <laughs> And I still didn't get in. Yeah. And I think I at that point I was like, well, I'm never gonna do that again because it doesn't feel good. Yeah. But no, I don't I don't I don't think I've ever like thought that. Like, you know. I think I'm coming into a point in my career now where when I'm on set I realize the role that I play mm. um of being uh not only number one on because I've been number twos, threes, whatever, it doesn't matter, but just but just having a presence on set mm. to to sort of shape a work environment that mm. I feel comfortable in, that I want to work in. Mm. And so, but to, to throw my name and I don't know what the fuck. No, I, I mostly, do you feel like, do you feel like you're you, like in the world, in your life? Forget in the media. Do you feel like you know who you are? I know who I am mm-hmm. at home. I know who I am. I'm not so sure I know who I am to the audience. Well, that I don't think... I don't know what I am in that world. Yeah. I, I, I really don't. And social media confuses me even more. I know it's confusing. When I'm on right? social me- media and trying to engage and reading comments, oh my God. It, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I am to people. Yeah. I, I really don't. Um, okay. But I do know what I, yeah. At home. Just one more, one more, one more yeah, question. Go. When you describe, because I think this is really beautiful, when you talk about the kind of set you want to work on. Yeah. Um, can you tell me in, you know, less than a minute, like what kind of set that is? Come prepared to work. Mm-hmm. Come prepared every single day. Know your shit mm-hmm. and treat people with respect mm-hmm. and kindness and know that we're all pieces to the same puzzle and you know we all have wants and needs and they're all just as important as yours and mine and Mm -hmm. and yeah just you know let's want to come back tomorrow respectful Um, kind god i mean grateful you've been on the sets right where it's just toxic yeah and you just feel so unsafe and you when you're working you're you're just it doesn't feel good mm. and you go home and it's just like oh i gotta go back to that tomorrow and it, it's just not an environment to create in i mean i i don't like creating in chaos it's yeah. not what i like doing um i like creating in a very I, I guess it goes you know to me i'm sort of a type a person but it's creating an environment where you feel safe in mm-hmm. and 
you, you feel that you're a part of something um, and you have a, a, a voice and you're important. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you just want to come back and do it all again. I mean, I isn't think that a nice environment to work it's in? It's an amazing I mean, it environment. Matter, and you know it, what? It's not just for what we do. It's for yeah. like anything that you do. And wouldn't it be great if the world could feel kind and respectful and grateful and compassionate. Well, and... I mean, that's a whole other thing. And then well, we're, ta- we're but talking you know, about but you do it line. at work. You can maybe do it in the world too. You, you you could, but it would it would have you'd have to tell people to be mindful. You'd have to tell people to you know to sort of take the middle road. Or which you is could also model it though, Mark. You could, you could, Mark, well, like you do. But it's also you know for for me when I when I think that when I start th- preaching, yeah, I think that I'm taking a side mm. and my whole life has always been sort of not taken aside. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I will talk to people and I'll tell like what we're doing, mm-hmm. you know, you ask me about it, but I would never ever like people said, you know, the little girl who's on our show and she's amazing and she's 12 years old. Have you given her any advice? Cause you grew up as a, as a child star would never do that. Mm-hmm. Cause I just feel like, you know, those were my experiences. Right. This is my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to change you. Sure. We're all on our own journey. Yeah, we're all on our own journey. You're doing your thing. Yeah. As long as it doesn't hurt me in some way. But if you want to hurt yourself, I mean, God, I'd, I'd hate to see that. But Thank you. you know. Thank you for giving me the dignity of allowing me to hurt myself if I <laughs> so choose. Don't fucking hurt me. Just don't <laughs> I would hurt never me. Or hurt my family you. or my wife. And I love and, all yeah. of your worrying self. I love it. Yeah, thank thanks. you so much for being on the Keep show. Keep on worrying, Kat. Thank you. Keep I will. the worry alive. I I will. I'm gonna. We're gonna make T-shirts. Keep the Keep worry alive. Keep the worry alive. <laughs> I love it so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. It. Was awesome. Thank, thank you. you. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at I am Kat Foster and reach out to us using the hashtag ActingRealPod. For links and recommendations from this week's episode, visit ActingRealPodcast.com. Episodes go up on Mondays. Subscribe to the show and rate and review us. It would mean so, so much to us if you did. This podcast is produced by Hanami Sutton and Chris Mako with technical assistance by David O'Hara and music by Sean Hokanson. We love you guys. We really, really do. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Thank you.